This is a remote dating podcast. We share outlandish dating stories from people who are locked down in love. This is season one, Be My Quarantine, where we connect people struggling to find romance in quarantine with people who have been doing long distance and virtual dating since long before lockdown, digital nomads. We cover everything from being on the road with a new partner to having a man make a huge romantic gesture only to reject him. Yes, one of us really did that. Can you guess which one? Listen until the end to hear the full story. This is episode two of Dating Abroad, Nomad About You. I'm Ellie. And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional dating stories. This episode is about couples who had no intention of moving in together before lockdown, but now find themselves side by side 24-7. We'll meet Zara, a freelance journalist currently based in Surrey. Before lockdown, she was in a long-distance relationship, her in the UK and him in Australia. Now they're locked down together and struggling to keep the spark alive. For the second half of this episode, we'll speak to a nomad couple who have been living on top of each other for years and have somehow managed to stay together. They're going to answer all of our newly locked down couples' questions. But first, it's time for a video call named Desire. In this segment, we give you a little update on our virtual dating escapades over the past week. Okay, I'll go first. So... Last week, I said that virtual dating was going better than normal dating, Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid I'm going to have to revise that statement (laughs) this week. It's just the same. (laughs) So, (laughs) one minute, seriously, one minute, a guy I'm virtual dating is joking with me about sending unsolicited pictures of his coffee machine. Ha ha. Not a euphemism. Mm. And inviting me on a Zoom date that night. Uh, So I said, yeah, I'll let you know when I'm free. Then he literally vanishes off the face of the earth. That was like a week ago. (laughs) Did you like text him when you were free and he just never responded? Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (sighs) Oh, just like normal dating. Yep, just the same. What about the, the other guy that you said last week? He's still in the game, and actually he was my favourite anyway. And also, he doesn't seem to have been put off by the fact that I have a dating (laughs) podcast. Although I really hope he's not listening. Or maybe he is, and then he's going to be happy that he was called the favourite. Maybe. I hope (laughs) I won't have to find that out. (laughs) I also hope that nobody I go on dates is listening to this, but... I guess if so, they're going to get some pretty honest feedback about yeah, how exactly. their dates are going. <laughs> so how are yours going then? I would describe mine as meh. Uh, okay, yeah, good word. <laughs> Thank you. I had a video call last night with a guy, really, really nice guy, but I can't decide if I quite like him and want to have another date or think he's super annoying. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) It's such a fine line. It's a super fine line. We had like a really good conversation and I didn't feel the need to get off the call. Some of the other dates I've been on, I've been wondering what's the appropriate amount of time to say, oh, my phone is dying or, oh, I have to go to bed or something like that. I've been saying like around 45 minutes to an hour. So this one, I didn't feel like that. But as he was talking, I was just like, I roll to a lot of things. And he's quite, has quite a different lifestyle than me. It's quite a bit more, I hate to use the word settled because I think it comes with a lot of implications, but he's quite a bit more settled than me. And yeah, Mm. some of the things he said just made me roll my eyes. So undecided, I guess I would give it a second go just to see, to solve the puzzle. Why not? But yeah, let's definitely hope he's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Whenever, Whenever I go on a date, people are always like, oh, how can I read your books? And I'm like, well, then I would have to give you my last name and I'm not sure that we're there yet because then who knows what you'll find out about me on the internet. <laughs> well, this is actually another thing about virtual dating. When you invite them to a Zoom date, they get your full name. I know. So some of them have I've actually been doing on WhatsApp. So then ah. they, they don't. But yeah, but on Zoom also, you can change your name just as you can change your appearance. Oh, you know everything about Zoom. <laughs> You're such a pro. <laughs> I know all the Zoom tricks for dating, (laughs) not for business. Okay, I think that is the end of my dating update. So without further ado, it's time for our main discussion, Gone with the Wi-Fi. We introduced her earlier and now she's here. Zara, welcome to Dating Abroad. Hi guys. Hey, so nice to have you on. Thanks for having me. So we gave a little description of your current dating slash relationship situation earlier. We just said that you were in a long distance relationship before lockdown, you in the UK and your boyfriend in Australia. And then I think he came back two days before lockdown and now you're locked down together. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So he was planning to move back in March anyway, um, but it just happened to coincide with the beginning of lockdown. Lucky him. (laughs) (laughs) And was he meant to be staying with you anyways, or did you, was he supposed to be separate and you decided to lock down together? No, so he was going to move back to the UK and then obviously move back home. um, But I picked him up from the airport. Both his parents work in a hospital, so it just, yeah, it just wouldn't have worked if, you know, he would have gone back home. We kind of had to isolate from then onwards after I picked him up from the airport. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What what was that decision-making process like? Did you kind of have it in mind before you got him, or was it pick him up in the airport and, so are we going to move in together? (laughs) I don't think there really was even a conversation to be honest I think at the time because everything was so up in the air um you were kind of just taking it day by day and obviously I hadn't seen him for a while anyway so it wasn't like I was just going to send him back to Wales regardless um so yeah he he obviously stayed with me that weekend um the lockdown was imposed on Monday and then yeah it kind of just ended up staying at mine and then as things became worse obviously you know the figures were increasing it just you know it was kind of a no-brainer I mean he he would not have been able to go back home anyway so yeah so beforehand when you were in a long distance relationship 
how often were you speaking? Like, what was your relationship actually like? Oh, every day. But obviously, because of the time difference in Oz, it was difficult. And, you know, at the... Obviously, I knew that he was coming back in March. And, you know, those last few weeks, just knowing that somebody is about to move back, you're just getting absolutely fed up by that point. Like, you just want them to, to be there. You're sick of these FaceTime calls and the rubbish connection or you know, the time difference, every time that he could speak to me, I was working, or, you know, when I could speak to him, he was asleep. I was just, yeah, we were both completely sick of it at that point. So for him to, you know, come back, obviously very exciting. And then for it to then be locked down was just, yeah, a bit of a a surprise for us both. (laughs) I can imagine. So tell us the juicy bits then. What what are the sort of big challenges it's brought up suddenly <laughs> living together after being in, on opposite sides of the world? How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, actually, because this morning I was watching ITVs this morning and they were talking about how roundabout now a lot of couples are getting the seven week itch. And <laughs> I would definitely say that sums up the stage we're at right now I mean at first it was kind of like oh this is nice um you know spending some quality time together (laughs) and then and then you get a bit more comfortable but then at the seven week mark you're just like I I literally don't know how much longer I can do this it's just not normal to be with someone that regardless of a boyfriend even if it was with a friend it's not normal to be in this intense situation with someone 24 7 but yeah, obviously we, you know, we've never lived together before. So that's a um, interesting experience, finding out each other's bad habits. For example, my boyfriend likes to just leave glasses everywhere um, <laughs> to the point that he's now just, I think he's just doing it to annoy me. Like in the morning, <laughs> there's just five glasses by bed and I just don't, I just can't cope with it same things with like you know wet towels that sort of typical boyfriend behavior he also likes to constantly update me on his bowel activities which is (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah that's uh really added to the uh, spark in the relationship (laughs) personal space is a big thing for me obviously you know hated having a long distance relationship but in a way because I am quite an independent person it was nice kind of having boyfriend time and then me time you know I could go to work and still go to the gym and you know do a face mask if I wanted but when your boyfriend is always there 24 7 I kind of feel a bit I don't know I I know that I could go off and do you know a little beauty pamper session or something but it just wouldn't really feel the same so I really kind of struggled you know making that personal space myself in such a small intense environment yeah I think the big thing for us is keeping that romance alive because he obviously moved back and we were both you know so looking forward to doing like little romantic trips together or you know going on date nights you know going to our favorite restaurants that sort of thing but obviously that is now not possible at all um the biggest date night we'd have is probably ordering a socially distanced takeaway so (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say what yeah is there anything that you are doing to try and have like some sort of date Um, night or romance well we can't because I'm at home with my dad so you know it's not like sorry dad off you go leave us alone for two hours 
because <laughs> I would actually quite, you know, it'd be nice if we could, you know, I'd love him to uh, cook me a meal or something, you know, have wine and just like set some candles. But you can't do that when you're at your, you're living at home with your your parents, which I've got to mention. That's adding to the uh, stress of it. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say I didn't realize that. That paints a whole new picture. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It really does. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of like there's three in the relationship right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do just want to say I really identify with your boyfriend with the cups. I also leave cups around everywhere. Cups, mugs, water bottles. We could not live together, Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) So are there any positive things? So there must be some positive things about locking down together. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, Obviously, I'm completely and utterly grateful for the fact that we are together and you know I I really do feel for those that are alone at this time because I think it just must be so hard so yeah I'd much rather him be with me than not and you know annoying habits aside it's made me realize that he is a very good person to have around during this time obviously this time for a lot of people is pretty stressful pretty uh anxiety inducing but he's he's a pretty upbeat person and he really brings me up when I'm feeling down so those sort of qualities I obviously knew he had but even more so now they've really become apparent in addition to that I've realized that he can cook so that's amazing yeah so um when we lived in Australia I did all the cooking so uh (laughs) since since being in lockdown together I've discovered that actually this whole time he could cook so that is a positive too for me he's made me a fish pie (laughs) captain curry (laughs) I mean you know the amount of many talents did not realize (laughs) brilliant it's a great thing to discover Do you have any especially funny stories from the last seven weeks or unusual stories from your lockdown together and they can also include your dad um to be honest we keep our distance from my dad because it's just a bit weird um (laughs) no but um I mean I wouldn't looking back at them now they're funny but at the time I feel like ripping my hair out but I'm not even exaggerating every time we go and do a food shop we have an argument it is just so stressful. I think it's, you know, heightened by the fact that, you know, we've got these socially distant measures where we have to queue up outside and, you know, you can just feel the anxiety building as you approach the doors. And as soon as you get in there, you have to follow a one-way system and it's just, it's just so stressful. Um, and we've obviously never had to food shop together either. So that's a new experience. I'm, you know, like a lot of people trying to be healthy and not become an alcoholic whereas he is <laughs> very insistent <laughs> on you know buying wine um, chocolate pot noodles cater. I'm not sure if you know what they are they're like instant noodles <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah he he just wants to buy complete rubbish um which is fine but I mean it'd be fine if you know we bought separate things and just ate separate things but I've got no willpower so if it's in the house I'm gonna eat it and I'm gonna drink it so that's that's been a bit of a struggle after Easter actually we walked out of Tesco with eight giant chocolate Easter eggs that were all reduced to one pound wow I know how quickly did you you can't pass up that deal 
Yeah, we, I think we got through them within like three days. Like that's not normal <laughs> behavior. <laughs> um, another memory that stands out for me, which is also Tesco related, of course, is um, us falling out over hand sanitizer and when to apply it in the supermarket. So it's just utter, you know, rubbish that we're bickering about. You know, it's the sort of thing that you bicker with your brother or sister about. Um, it's, just, it's just a case of spending too much time with that person, I think. So from now on, I feel like we need to, you know, do some sort of meditation session after every Tesco trip. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like a plan. That's yeah. a smart idea. <laughs> I have a meditation I'll send you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Send it my way. <laughs> So, okay, with all of that in mind, it does sound pretty intense. What sort of questions would you like to ask a couple who have been sort of living on top of each other 24-7 for for years? What do you think you could learn from them? What would you like to know? Well, I'd first like to congratulate them. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's pretty impressive that they can do that out of choice. (laughs) But no, um, on a positive note, at least lockdown for them is you know, a lot more, it's a far easier experience than it would be. Um, In terms of questions I'd ask them, I think firstly, what I'd like to know is their advice for getting the personal space that they need. Because like I said before, for me and my boyfriend, it's really hard to kind of draw those boundaries, I guess, especially when you're living in such confined space, like you kind of feel guilty if you go off and do your own thing. Or, you know, if you ask for me time, especially in a time like this so I guess yeah the first thing I'd like to know is how you kind of negotiate that personal space and time for yourself the second thing I'd like to know is how you overcome stress um in a time like this so lockdown is a really tense and anxious time for a lot of people I know it is for me especially and when I'm feeling particularly stressed you know I quite often take it out on people I love and for my boyfriend I understand that's I appreciate that's probably quite a difficult thing to deal with so any advice on how to kind of overcome stress or problems when you're in such a confined environment and only have each other Okay, awesome. And you mentioned earlier about sort of struggling to keep the romance alive. So I feel like we can ask them about that too. Um, absolutely. Keeping the romance alive is a big thing. Um, keeping that spark there and not kind of, you know, oversharing and remembering that you are in a relationship and it'd be quite nice to um, not overshare your bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's probably step one. Yeah. And are you guys also both working together from home? Yeah, so it's a bit of a um, weird one because obviously Don, uh, my boyfriend's come back and he's a mechanic and he's only just moved back to the country. So he's setting himself up as a self-employed mechanic. And obviously he hasn't got much work right now because of the situation. I'm a freelance journalist and only working two days a week because I've just lost my other job. Um, So yeah, we really are kind of, in each other's space (laughs) Um, so that definitely adds to the yeah the uh, getting away from each other and having that own time because at the moment we both essentially are kind of not working I think that's a good set of questions that we Mm -hmm. can put to our couple later okay so once lockdown is over what are you thinking now that you've experienced this living together scenario are you planning to keep going as you are or are you just going to be running in opposite directions when lockdown lifts 
It's really weird because thinking about the end of lockdown, I mean, you know, he, the plan is and has always been for him to go home and for me to stay here and, you know, eventually move in together maybe next year. But because we have been together so intensely, now the thought of him not being here is really weird and it kind of scares me a bit. So (laughs) I don't know, maybe we will actually look to move in together sooner rather than planned. Having said that, I mean, living together only in normal circumstances, (laughs) you know, circumstances where we can actually socialise with friends, go on date nights, have a normal relationship. But ultimately, I think this has proved that, you know, we are good for each other, especially when it comes to, you know, stressful and testing times. And and it's proved that we can live together as well. Awesome. Thank Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. That was interesting. I really identify with that question about personal space. It's something I struggle with in relationships, not in lockdown, because I really like to have personal space and independence and my own activities and stuff in a relationship. And I think obviously in quarantine, that's very hard. I've wondered a lot about that nomad life. I've not traveled full-time with a partner nomadically, but I have done several week trips with a partner and it is challenging because it is very very different than traveling on your own and in terms of where you stay and who you interact with and what your day looks like so I'm very interested to see what our nomad experts are going to say about that yeah me too and also about how to deal with stress in a situation that's so intense because I think you know living together anyway can be stressful and then you know add on the pandemic (laughs) it's a pretty pretty extreme situation and obviously how to keep the romance alive when you're learning about your partner's bowel movements that's an excellent (laughs) question and I'm looking forward to hearing the advice on that too it's a very good question finding that line about how exciting it is to be that comfortable with someone and that intimate with someone versus yeah keeping that excitement and that otherness alive in your relationship when you have almost no otherness because you're in lockdown together exactly so you thought zara's lockdown situation was intense try spending 24 7 together for almost five years while either traveling the world or living in a 79 dodge camper van Yep, that's what Courtney and her wife Candice have been doing and we are extremely excited to have them here to answer Zara's lockdown questions. So first of all guys, can you give us a brief glimpse into your life together? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So as you said, we met five years ago and we, we actually were long distance for the first year and a half. So we would either be apart or together 24 seven, depending (laughs) on if we were visiting or not. Candace is Canadian, I, Courtney, am American, and we moved into a 79 Dodge camper van about a year and some change ago. Um, we converted it ourselves into our tiny home, and now we are living in it while preparing to renovate a full-size school bus into a mobile hostel that will travel all over North America. But yeah, we've been preparing for quarantine inadvertently for a while because we live and work together in less than 100 square feet. (laughs) That and the property that that we live on is pretty uh, isolated, pretty secluded up in the Santa Monica Mountains in Southern California. So 
yeah, <laughs> is definitely something that we're used to being kind of isolated and <laughs> totally, yeah, navigating that. So we're doing quarantine life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're doing stationary van life, basically. Right. So we're in a van, but we're on property in one spot. So okay, we're very so much together. <laughs> uh, so our first question from our couple who is newly strapped together 24-7 is, how do you negotiate personal time and space for yourself? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> or do you? Is that a thing that you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're something to navigate for sure. And very necessary. Absolutely. For balance. Yeah, take it away. I mean, big thing is communication, right? Um, that's something that Courtney and I like make time for. Um, sitting down and communicating like, you know, our needs and what's coming up. And we do share like our Google cal calendars with each other. Because uh, we're both entrepreneurs and like, so we need to kind of know when, um, and especially because we live in the mountains, our internet <laughs> situation is kind of like, because we're on satellite internet, so we have to be very mindful that we're not streaming at the same time. And so we, we've definitely had to, yeah, just be very aware of when we are both working with clients and not overlapping and so and even like fun things so for instance sure. like if one of us is on a client call we can't be like oh well I just feel like kicking back and watching Netflix right now because <laughs> we can't stream at the same time so we li literally have to negotiate work personal time self-care like everything has to be who's doing what at what time both from constraints like internet, constraints like space. <laughs> One way that we really negotiate or navigate, I should say, personal time and personal space is having opposite schedules. <laughs> yeah, that's Partially so on purpose, but partially because I am a night owl and she's a morning person. So Candace gets up like three to four hours earlier than I do. Um, and I go to bed three to four hours later. So we each get a few hours to ourselves in the van when the other one's sleeping. We purposely put blackout curtains on our bed area so that, yeah, we could kind of have that. It's almost like a separate room at that point. <laughs> wow, that sounds like it takes a lot of organization. Yeah, that's super intense. <laughs> <laughs> some of it's, yeah some of it's it, I don't know it's just kind of has come together over time yeah 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 it's not like we've like sat down and been militant about like who's doing what when but it's more like hey I want to like do yoga in the mornings like what time will you be done I'll make sure I don't set my alarm right in the middle of you meditating and it's just kind of like <laughs> communicating about it you know because it's not like you can be in the other room like if an alarm yeah. goes off in the van everyone hears it so. yeah this has created that habit so that you know like it's just now a routine for us and it's you know like checking in obviously having that visual like where we can see each other's schedule makes it really easy but yeah I think that routine has been just making it just kind of easy to flow with mm -hmm. yeah and we're mm. also not shy about literally just telling the other person like I need to be alone like I need you mm. to go away yeah. <laughs> like, just, sometimes you have to do that and I mean we sure. are lucky because we're on property um we have a lot of outdoor space to go explore as long as the weather's nice winter is much harder uh, when it's raining and you literally like nowhere to go <laughs> sometimes I'll like sit in the car because we have another car like a you know next to the van so I've mm -hmm. taken calls from our other car before <laughs> just <laughs> like, yeah we we built a walk-in closet tell them about our closet 
Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it's a shed that we we basically yeah use as a walk-in closet and an extra space because there's enough room for us to practice yoga or work out. Um, but yeah, that's been really helpful. I think that's mm-hmm. a big one is being able to have extra space, you know, so that you can have that balance. I Mm -hmm. think balance is really key is being, noticing what your own needs and being able to communicate that and and take the space when you need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things. Oh, sorry. That's one of the things that um, Zara, who we spoke to earlier was struggling with. She was saying sometimes she would feel guilty for asking for her own personal space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was about to say on the flip of that, not being resentful when your partner asks for space, that like, it can be equally tough to not feel guilty to ask for it. But then part of, I think the, especially for women, I think sometimes we feel guilty stating our needs because we think the other person's going to be like resentful or annoyed or whatever. And so if you're on the other side, instead of feeling like, oh, this person's just sick of me or whatever, be like, be honest, you're probably sick of them too. (laughs) You know? And so if like they're stating they need some space, just like give them some space. Like go find something else to do. You live together the other 23 hours of the day. Like you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So uh, so one of the other questions that she had was of was kind of overcoming stress. Um, not only the stress of living together, but when there's now the additional stress of, you know, the global pandemic. So um, what sort of tips do you guys have on that front? Yeah, totally. So that's, I I would say that is Candace's go-to area. Um, She is a yoga therapist, meditation teacher. I'll let her fill you in. She's my go-to when I'm stressed the fuck out. And I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> so, yeah. What are your some, or what are some of your favorite tips? Well, I would say, like, making my self-care a priority. I mean, it just is, like, carving that time out for myself. Whether that looks like five minutes in the morning or... For me, I've been able to cultivate a, you know, a longer practice. But I think it's just, yeah, making that a priority because it just really makes a huge impact in your day and the way that you interact with people, you know, (laughs) like, um, so for me, it's like Courtney mentioned is that like my morning time is my, my me time and I love solitude and I need that space for myself. And I know that about myself. And so I create that space. And, you know, if that means I I used to have the narrative that I wasn't a morning person (laughs) and and until I created that habit and I was like, you know, like this is the only time that I can have that space for myself. And so I'm going to try it out. And, you know, over time I was able to create that as a routine and yeah, for me, it's like, you know, my, my self-care routine looks like breath work, yoga. I actually practice yoga in our small little camper van, if you can believe it. (laughs) It's so funny. funny. I mean, it's a very limited practice. Obviously, I can't do a whole lot. But uh, you'd be amazed how innovative you become when you have a small space and um, creative. And well, like Courtney said, in the wintertime, it's raining a lot. So um, I just I needed that practice. And so I still, you know, showed up for myself, created the space. And now I have that and I still do it even now. And it's warm out. I just love it. I get up really early. It's just an amazing time for me to just get quiet and do a work in and (laughs) and then I follow that with some meditation and I also do um, emotional freedom technique which is tapping so that's a a great way that I find especially right now 
with this plate, like this, you know, feeling of uncertainty and just the unknown. And there's a lot of emotions that can kind of, you know, all of a sudden, you know, come up for you, or at least in my experience. And uh, just being able to recognize that and to just allow yourself to move through it instead of suppressing it or, you know, trying to resist it. You know, when we're typically in this place of unknown or uncertainty, we're attached to the idea like the future or what's to come and you know just kind of again it just centers you so that's been a beautiful powerful practice that I've been very consistent with and Courtney taps as well yeah I can totally plus one for tapping (laughs) first introduces to me I was like what the fuck is this I was totally on the like other side like this is a little woo and then she showed me all the science behind it and I was like okay I'll give it a try yeah um and it's been really incredible and then yeah on the kind of I wouldn't say the flip side of that but on a different note of overwhelm and stress and things. Um, I'm a make shit happen coach. So I'm working with entrepreneurs all the time to like put things into action. And I find for getting overwhelmed and stressed and kind of that side, especially with uncertainty and like what's going on and how do we keep doing that is that putting anything into action always makes you feel better and it takes some of the overwhelm away. And so Mm -hmm. the key is really getting to that action And so I help people really come up with like, what is the micro action you can start with instead of being overwhelmed at like the much bigger thing. And as soon as you start taking a step towards that, it calms you down to feeling like, oh, I can do something about this. I can take a step forward. Even if you don't know anywhere it's going or like what's going on in the world, that can really help with overwhelm as well. So yeah, I feel like we balance those two things really well of like the action plus the like calming down. Yeah, get yourself centered first, get yourself really present so then you have that clarity of mind of like, you know, the bigger vision and then from that space, taking a small action so yeah yeah love that and I feel like if you guys can achieve all that in a camper van then there's definitely hope (laughs) for everyone else hell yeah (laughs) it's so funny how much you just adapt as well like I think that's something else I would say to people who are doing this for the first time like this 24 7 is at first you might be like this is hell or I'm like this isn't what I'm used to or you might have just like this identity to like oh but I need so much free time or I need so much solo time or I need, and it's like, those may be really legitimate needs for you. Like I'm a super social extrovert person, which clearly hasn't been happening the last (laughs) few weeks, um, except virtually, which isn't quite the same, but it's amazing how much you adapt. And it's as a super extrovert, like allowed me to really slow down and just kind of chill out a bit. And so I think that same thing can happen with a relationship or with, yeah, whatever you might be feeling of like, this isn't my norm. This isn't, and being all resistant to it. It's like, it will get easier. You will adapt. You'll still love each other. If you can, you know, work through all of the fun things that come up, <laughs> it can be challenging. And when we're not in lockdown, do you usually spend a lot of time seeing friends? Cause I know you're in the camper van is pretty isolated, but do you choose locations based on where friends are so that you can have that alternate support system or is it a lot of virtual friendships? Definitely working to build up in-person friendships. So we've been where we're at on this property um, since January 2019. So like coming up on a year and a half, but it's just right outside LA. And so we go into the city for different events and like different fun things. Um, That's why we have a separate car and stuff. So we're definitely like weird van lifers. We're like living (laughs) in a van 
in one spot as basically a tiny home um, for the moment. We do plan to do a lot more trips in the van for fun, but this past year was just really getting grounded. But yeah, definitely. And finding different passions and things outside of the van and each other, for sure. <laughs> All right, here comes the juicy question. How do you keep the romance alive when you're together 24-7? <laughs> you want to start? <laughs> yeah, well, it's really easy to get really comfortable, you know, in your day-to-day, every day life, you know? And I think it's like taking intentional time. So for us, it's like getting off screen, making time to do things. We love hiking. We love venturing, like going to go check out new places and things. Obviously that's limited in quarantine. They've just literally opened up some trails and stuff, the beach. But when we do that, we make sure that we're like not talking shop talk, we're not work, talking about work. We're you know, very present with each other and taking time to connect to start that. I mean, I feel like, you know, that creates the intimacy and the, and the deeper connection. And then, you know, <laughs> did, did you want to add? No, we also, thinking. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. And then the spicier stuff. Well, you know, you got to start off a little. Yeah. <laughs> we have to ease you in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess to her point, like we've tried really hard to maintain curiosity about each other and not assume that we know everything about each other just because yeah. we've been together for five years, like nonstop. Um, and we do know a lot about each other, but it's really fun when sometimes you just ask questions like, you know, what did you want to be when you grow up? Or like, what's a funny memory from forever ago? And I think there's actually a chemical. I, I went to a whole workshop on this. It was fascinating, but you can hack your brain into that chemical when you're newly dating someone by keeping things new with a slight element of danger, which is so funny. <laughs> okay. um, I'm intrigued. Chemical. And so it was talking about like, oh, if you're going to go out to dinner, but you go to dinner on like a motorcycle instead of a car, like it tricks your brain into feeling a different way. So yeah, by doing like fun, adventurous things together while maintaining a sense of curiosity about something new about the person, it really feels like you're dating again sometimes, which is super important when you've been married for almost three years. And yeah. which I know is not a lot compared to like, you know, 20, but sometimes yeah. it feels like it's 20. <laughs> <laughs> we also recently like invested in like that video yeah. tutorial and like... That's the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So we... um uh, I've got tons of friends who are like sex coaches and therapists and all kinds of stuff. So I'm always hearing fun things that they're sharing about. And we found this video series that teaches you all kinds of different stuff about sex and how to have better sex. And it's really all aimed at female pleasure. So even though it was like designed really for straight couples, it works for us. because <laughs> it's <laughs> called um, Sex Hacker Pro by Kenneth Play. And he is GQ's world-renowned sex expert hacker, like sex hacker, I think he's called. And he basically worked for Pornhub. And then he now makes these videos, but they're like educational, but they're full on. They don't huh. not show anything. It's amazing. <laughs> so great. It's really awesome. It's so interesting. <laughs> and they're like, like 70 videos and you can learn all kinds of new stuff. So it's just 
a really fun way to get excited and to try new things. And and I like it because he, he it's not just like about, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I just kicked our dog. <laughs> um, it's not just about <laughs> different positions and different ways of like connecting, but it's also like tent. He goes into tantric, sex, eye-gazing, touch. There's a lot of yeah. different layers that I really enjoy. I feel like get it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, you know, it's not just like opening a Cosmo and being like, oh, here's a position we haven't tried. But right. like mm-hmm. when you need to keep romance alive and intimacy alive when you've been with someone for a while, it's not just about like a new position or something. It's totally. really about finding that excitement and connection like you had early on. Um, and so it really helps with that. So yeah, we actively seek out different like resources and tools and follow mm. different people online. And, you know, mm-hmm. we don't just like assume it's going to stay there, or always be there. You know, it's like you have to love work. is a verb in a lot of ways. And yeah, you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. And we're okay with that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I mean, on that note, I think, I don't know if there's much more we can cover. I think... <laughs> I think we didn't know what you were getting into, did you? (laughs) Pretty transparent. (laughs) We don't hold anything back. (laughs) And we're starting a YouTube channel right now, so if you really want to know more. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing to speak to you, and I feel like you have answered Zara's questions and more, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us. Wow, that was so fascinating. I am a person that really likes alone time, so I cannot even imagine living in a van with someone else and working also in the van. Um, Because even just being in an apartment alone, trying to work here and not having anywhere else to go is a lot. So wow, that was, and they, that was very insightful and helpful. Yeah, so so much. I was so impressed with how organized they are and how many sort of different strategies they have to make everything work yeah it was really cool and even that only one of them can be streaming at a time I didn't even think it was possible to live that way but they make it work yeah super impressed and like I said I mean if they can do all of that living in a camper van then the rest of us should be fine (laughs) well I think that closes our main discussion segment which brings us to the next part of our podcast the scarlet text Yeah, so this week I'm going to give a reading recommendation. So I mentioned in episode one that uh, one of my favourite authors at the moment is Cheryl Strayed. She is so amazing. And so my recommendation this week is my favourite book of hers, which is called Tiny Beautiful Things. So if you don't know anything about her, she used to do an advice column called Dear Sugar, where people would write in and ask her questions about like everything from writing to dating to dealing with the death of a loved one. And through all of those questions, I just feel like all the wisdom you could ever need about life is in that book. (laughs) Uh, so, So I just feel like if there is anyone listening who's struggling with being locked down with their partner or whatever crazy situation they're in, I feel like they will find some relevant wisdom in there. Um, And we'll put the link to it in the show notes. So, okay, and now it comes for the time for you to... Well, I've now revealed, sorry, I've now revealed who the story was at the beginning. 
But Kayla, will you please uh, elaborate on the story? (sighs) Okay. So here's what happened. I met this guy. Let's just call him Rob because we're not going to call him by his real name, obviously. And we met in Greece on a Greek island, Paros, I think, and just had a lovely weekend together. We watched the sunset on the beach. We went to different restaurants, had calamari. It was really, really lovely. We both felt really strongly about each other. It was just very romantic because we were on a Greek island. And then he went to Athens and I stayed on the island another day or two. And then I went to Athens and he was still there. So again, we spent another couple days together. And then I had already plans to go to Edinburgh for the Fringe. And he ended up coming out there for, I think, about a week or five days. He came out. And again, all very romantic, all very romantic places. We went to see plays. We wandered around Edinburgh. It all felt really good. But I already had a bunch of plans to go to Latin America in a few months. So I was going back to Canada and then to Latin America. I would bought tickets for a conference. I had signed up to teach yoga at a few different places. So I was pretty settled into making that trip. So it kind of felt like we had to make the decision of we never see each other again or he's flying to Ecuador. (laughs) And he decided to fly to Ecuador. And he quit his job, although he did assure me because I said, don't quit your job for me. And he said, no, 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 I was going to quit anyways. But anyways, he quit his job and he flew to Ecuador to travel with me. And for two months, we were meant to travel together. And then he arrived in Ecuador. I had already been in Latin America for about a month. And he got there and I just did not want to see him. Oh, no. Um, From the moment I saw him, I was like, oh, I just don't like you anymore. And I don't know what had changed. I think just... This is going to sound really terrible, but just as we got to know each other better over the course of staying in touch via text and video chat, I think I just realized that we had a lot less in common than it seemed like we did when we were just in these romantic places doing romantic things when it all felt really exciting. But when it was actually just us talking, Mm -hmm. I think we didn't really actually have that much in common. And we were in these really beautiful places in Ecuador. And I mean, I was working and he knew that I was working. But he just would kind of wait around all day for me to be done work so that we could hang out. But I didn't want to hang out every single day because I was working and I needed some alone time. Mm. I just felt like he was, just to put it lightly, a little smothering or maybe to put it heavily, he was a little bit (laughs) (laughs) And I tried to talk to him about it and say, I need a bit more space. And he said, okay. And then the way that that played out is that he just put everything on me. Like, you tell me what day you want to meet, what time you want to meet, where you want to meet, and what you want to do. Oh, dear. And I was just like, uh. And then, anyways, he started talking about wanting to kind of continue traveling together, meeting up again. And so I felt that I had to end things with him before before he made any other life-altering decisions based around me. So three, three days before Christmas, I broke up with him Oof. on a beach, and he was very upset, and he had like made it clear that he didn't want to spend Christmas alone, and we did end up spending Christmas Day together. Christmas means nothing to me as a Jew, so I just like didn't really mm. get the big deal. But anyways, we spent Christmas Day together. Yeah, it was super awkward. I felt terrible. He, I guess, hadn't, he had traveled a lot, but always with other people. He hadn't really traveled alone, and he was very nervous about it. Anyways, he ended up, I think, having a really nice trip through Ecuador and Peru. But yeah, I felt like a pretty <laughs> terrible person. <laughs> but at least you had the guts to have the, the mature conversation with him about it rather than just disappearing off into the sunset. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) 
But yeah, it happens. I've had a couple of similar situations. I, so I don't think you're a total monster. <laughs> Only a little bit, like 50% yeah. monster. Yeah. Next week, we'll be looking at people who are using quarantine as a time to take a break from dating and their nomad counterparts who explore the joys of traveling the world alone. Have a wild dating story? Send us an email to datingabroadnomads at gmail.com. Or if you want to set one of us up on a virtual date, we'd be up for that too. We may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. Feel free to slide into our DMs on Instagram. (laughs) Yes, you can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash datingabroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits include bonus content too racy to air, monthly soirees, and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. Music is by the kind and talented Lee Trung. Visit her website at leetrung.bandcamp.com. And our gorgeous logo is by Samina, who is on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. We are also on Instagram at dating underscore a underscore broad. And you can also find us on Facebook, Dating Abroad Nomads. Thanks for listening. Sorry. I thought you were going to say thanks for listening or like see you next time. Okay, sorry. Let me, I'll just do that now. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> Talk to you next time.